back to the podcast. I am here. I apologize for my fan in the background. I just don't feel like it enough to turn it off, honestly. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Um, so this week was kind of, like, it was a little bit weird, I guess, but it was not, like, bad. It was a good week for me, um, but still kind of odd. Like, I don't know if this is just me, but whenever there's, like, a holiday or have off one of the days of the week, I always think, like, oh, this week is going to go by super fast, because, you know, Monday this past week was Memorial Day, and I wasn't working that day, so even though it was Tuesday, I felt like Tuesday was Monday, so this week should, like, fly by. Every single time I feel that, and I think that, at some point. By the time I get to Friday, it's <laughs> it feels like a really long week. I don't know why that happens. It just always seems to. Um, yeah, so just to start off for like a PSA, since this podcast is about um, abuse and all that sort of stuff, uh, I'm not, I'm never talking about the Johnny Depp Amber Heard situation on on here. No, I refuse to do that to myself and my brain. Um, it's honestly absolutely disgusting how people have turned domestic violence and just abuse, which is a very complicated situation, into a he said sh- like into like this game. Like they can watch people on TV and make sweeping judgments on their character one way or another it's just it was treated with complete disrespect it was super triggering I'm glad that it's finally over so that hopefully literally anything else can like take the place that it was taking up there's so many other things going on right now it was pretty disgusting to see how that all happened and I just refuse to talk about it other than to say that I suppose so I hope that, like, makes people feel better, because I know that was insanely triggering for me, so I can imagine anyone else who listens to this on a regular basis would feel the same way. Um, so to move on from that, this week I had my first therapy session with my new therapist, which went fine. Um, it... It just feels, it feels disappointing being back at the beginning again. Like, I like, not only do I like miss my old therapist, um, we had like a good kind of camaraderie and all that sort of stuff going. Um, but I also liked it because, but because, you know, we were working for over a year on like a clear goal and um, now I've had to, like, restart over from the beginning, and it kind of sucks, like, it, ever since, like, we started, I started doing EMDR stuff in December, I've been, for the last, like, six months or so, I've been really making, like, a lot of progress in things, and it sucks that I know that that progress is gonna stop for some time now, because, of all of this, and, yeah, it was just weird, like, usually, 
after therapy, I always, it's kind of just like a thing that I've done ever since I started going to therapy in like 2018. I started going to McDonald's afterwards. Um, and so it's just like this rule I always have that after I get out of therapy, I always eat um, fast food of some sort, even if it isn't McDonald's for, it's usually dinner. Um, but like this week I did that still, cause that's just like the thing that I do, but I didn't really need it. And that was like wildly disappointing. That might sound weird, but it's just like sad almost that like, even though it's difficult, um, you know, dealing with the things that therapy brings up. I know that I'm, like, doing something and working towards something and working through things. And, like, it felt, like, empty almost that, like, after my session was done, it was just, like, okay, that was it. Like, I, we spent the time getting to know each other and me, like, answering some of her questions about my family and things like that, um, which is, you know, outrageously complicated, but it was it was still fine. I still talked about things that were just, like, you know, difficult and all that, but, um, yeah, it just felt like this is weird to be, like, to have been in, like, doing, like, the super intense heavy stuff for the last few months and almost, like, it's almost like someone, like, slaps you in the face and you, suddenly you, like, forgotten everything you've been doing and you're back to being, like, very, um, I guess as surface level as you get with a trauma therapist, but still pretty like that because she's having to ask me just like the most basic questions about like how my family dynamic works and my relationships with the people inside of it and who everyone is and all that sort of stuff. And the other thing with therapy that I've been like aggressively just ignoring <laughs> since it happened that I shouldn't because it's, it's definitely not something that's going to become better the longer that I wait to do something about it, is the fact that, like, this therapist, um, she, her, like, availability is, she's not available at night, um, so, like, every therapist, well, the last therapist, at least, that I saw, there was one that I saw once that had, I would sometimes have appointments during the day, too, but, um, this, the last therapist I just saw, I would always just go after work. And this one I made, I honestly had no idea when I made the appointment, I had to like go look it up because I didn't remember. And the appointment was at like 11 on Wednesday, which was weird. Like it's always super weird to have therapy, especially like trauma therapy that I'm doing and then go back, and then have to, like, go back to work for the rest of the day, it's, that's just, like, what am I doing, um, and so I did that for this first session, and I was hoping that sometimes therapists do this where they'll, like, have times listed on their, on their website, but it's not, like, all of the times that they're available, they just list like a certain amount for new people to make it more like structured and all that sort of stuff so I was hoping that it was a situation like that but it's not the latest she can do appointments during the summertime is like 2 30 um and the latest she can do them during the school year is at four 
because of like childcare stuff, which makes all the sense in the world. But that's hard because I work until 4.30 and hmm, like the thing, like there's like options that I know that I have, like I could try to like my therapist Anish in the first appointment when I was talking about that she like brought up that I could apply for FMLA coverage and I should and there's um I know I've talked about this before but basically like FMLA is the federal medical leave act and so if you've been working at your job for longer than for a year and they have more than like 50 employees if you apply for that you're going to be accepted like pretty much guaranteed and um it's a thing to protect you so that you they can't fire you and if they did fire you they would be in like deep shit for firing you um because that would be literally illegal if they if they tried like granted some places will still do that but still um most of the time the threat of that stops them from doing anything and then the other thing I knew I knew of that I know I've talked about on another episode is intermittent leave which is through like if your job has short-term disability coverage and my job does and so it's the intermittent leave is it kind of is in the title but like short-term or long-term disability leave is like a chunk of time that you're going to be gone for and like you're you're just gone and you're not coming back like when I took short-term disability leave when I did my treatment program at a hospital um it was for three months at the end of um 2019 so like I got approved for it in the middle of September and I was gone for like basically three weeks to the day and I like told them when I was coming back but and they like paid me like you know every month or so that I was gone but um I was it wasn't like I was going back to work I was just completely gone from work during that entire time but with intermittent leave the general idea is that you have times like hours or whatever during your work day or during your week that you might miss and it's there to like protect you where like if you have like a medical need um, in some way or disability in some way to need to do that, then you can like miss time at your job without them punishing you. Um, and so those are two options I have. The other option too, is that I could always like change my work schedule in the way that I could work earlier. Um, like, there are some people that I work with that start work much earlier in the day. Like, uh, they're, like I work right now 8 to 4.30, which is pretty just, like, normal work time. Um, there are some people that live on, like, the East Coast that start work at, like, 6 or 7 o'clock. So, like, when I come in, they've already been there for a few hours on, like, the spreadsheet that we use. So, like, I could always do that and... Um, I still, like, but even if I did that, I still, like, would need some time off, likely, because the earliest you can really work at a job like this one, like, the earliest I ever worked, um, when I worked the, I know what I'm trying to say, sorry, I'm rambling, 
the first um, department that I worked in at this job in not the department that I work in now I that was when I was very depressed and I wasn't sleeping and had horrific insomnia so I changed my hours as soon as I basically could to the earliest that I could work because it's like I'm already not sleeping I'm already waking up at like four or five o'clock in the morning every morning and I'm not able to get back to sleep and I just end up laying in bed for hours and would annoyingly always want to fall back asleep when I would have to get up and go to work. So I changed my hours from 6 to 2.30, which was, you know, super early. The earliest, that's the earliest that they, like, offered us to work. Um, but even if I worked that, like, my therapy session would start at 2.30. And, like, the session that I had this week was... Um, virtually it wasn't like in person I like asked her to do it virtually just because if I did it there like that then I would only have to miss an hour of work I just you know signed in and and then and like came back right away I didn't have to like drive wait for like a like you know a lift and then take it there and back but we're going to be doing EMDR work now at eventually at like in a few weeks I would assume and I don't like the idea of doing that virtually like my therapist says that she can do it virtually but I don't I don't want to um like this is just like my own idea like if you're someone who likes the idea of doing like EMDR work you know through zoom there's nothing wrong with that but for me I just I feel like I have too many trust issues for that (laughs) which might sound a little bit weird but it's just like EMDR is so it's hard because of what you're thinking about and what you're bringing up in yourself and you're you're in a very vulnerable like state when you're doing it and like even if you never tell your therapist like what happens in the memory that you're working on or anything specific like that like you don't need to I tend to just because the therapist is the only person alive that I could tell these things to and it's their job to hear it and I don't have to worry that what I'm telling them is like too much like it's nice to have at least one person in existence that is like literally paid to do that um (laughs) but um I just, it's a very vulnerable thing to do, and when I was doing it with my last therapist, we were able to, like, really start doing it and, like, make big progress when I felt like I could trust her and I felt like I knew her enough, and there was, like, and it's, like, this whole thing of, like, I'm in this room with you, we're doing this thing together, we're figuring this out, and I don't think that I could do that as well over like the internet I think that I need to be in the same room with them when I'm doing something like vulnerable like that um I just feel like especially with like the EMDR like you know looking at lights touching like holding things in your hands having headphones on like it's a very like kind of physical like thing where you're touching things listening to things 
I don't think that it would I would be able to connect to it as as well if I wasn't there in person and like I need like all of that in order to really do it um so yeah I'm gonna need to do that in person now and not only that is that I like leaving the house my apartment at least once a week to do therapy like that's one thing that I know that was good for me that like once a week every week no matter what was going on except for like the two weeks or the week or so that I had COVID but ignoring that week um I always no matter what was happening on every Wednesday I would have to like you know do like the hygiene type stuff that is still hard like make sure part of this not even is like executive functioning shit but it's also like um I live by myself I work from home I never see usually other people so I don't I just don't like when you don't have to leave the house or see anyone you don't have to worry as much about like um you know what you look like or or whatever as you would if anyone else ever saw you like (laughs) that's just how it is like, I haven't worn a bra since, like, March of 2020, and I really don't see that changing anytime soon. I'm sorry. After I stopped having to do that, I, why would I wear one of those again? They're incredibly uncomfortable. Um, but yeah, like, leaving the house those days and going to see my therapist, that was like, okay, I need to make sure that I, like, put deodorant on today, um, which is something that I can sometimes forget when I don't go anywhere or do anything. Make sure that I brush my hair well enough. I I don't like brushing my hair. I think that's like a sensory thing that I don't like how it feels when I'm like pulling on my hair. Um, but anyway, I don't, yeah, so I don't really like that, but I always would make sure to do like a really good job on those days since I was leaving the house and going to be in public. And I would always like change out of pajamas into like you know, just, like, a pair of jeans, usually, and, like, still, like, the same shirt, but I would still, like, do that, and I would, you know, be in, like, a a lift with another person, and be at, like, the, and then in therapy, and in the office with other people, just interacting with other people, even if it was only for a little bit, and then, of course, interacting one-on-one with my therapist. It was good to do that every week. It was something that I liked about, kind of, my routine, and I think that it would, be good for me to do that again because because yeah like this week I haven't left um really anywhere or gone anywhere um and therapy I didn't have to so I didn't have to do that again and like it's like a um not a coin toss but it's kind of like one of those things of like okay so I, you know, don't have to leave the apartment to go to therapy anymore, which isn't the best because, you know, there's nothing to make me leave and, like, I just went through. But the other part of it, though, that is kind of nice is that because I'm not, because I'm not having to pay for, like, lift rides back and forth, um, once a week, I know that's gonna save me some money, like, um, a lift back and forth was usually, like, like, between, like, 20 and, like, 
like $25, $30, somewhere like that. Sometimes it was a little bit more if it was like a busy time or whatever, or the weather was shitty outside and they would charge you randomly way more than normal. Um, so like, even if I don't, even if this is, like, the only month where I don't go to any sessions in person, that's, like, a hundred, a couple, like, a, probably, like, I don't know, like, $150 or something like that, but I would say that I usually would have spent on that, um, so, like, that part of it is a little nice to know that I have, like, a little bit of a cushion left, um, more than normal, and, Another thing on that end that was nice was that I've been, the last, like, two or three weeks or so, I've been, like, trying to make a point of paying off my old therapy office that I just left so that I don't have to worry about that bill, and I finished, and I actually did it. Like, I paid the last bill for that place this week, so that's, like, done and over with, and I don't have to worry about that anymore. Um... But yeah, that's that's hard, and like I hate uh, change and kind of like situations like this that like force me to do things, because it's like the therapist that I want to go see, I like should go. I want to see her, and I don't really see like staying with her as my therapist as an option. Like, by and by that I mean like I don't see it as something that I'm considering not doing. It's I'm seeing this person. Like, my therapist really liked her. She was really... My old therapist was really excited about me seeing her because she has a lot of experience. Um, The therapist that I just got done seeing was being certified. Like, she was becoming completely certified very soon in EMDR. Um, Like, the whole EMDR process of when somebody's actually certified takes three years, and the therapist that I was seeing was still, like, um, she was in, like, her last year, she was about to finish, but she had, like, a mentor kind of person that she met with every week, and they had, um, she, like, recorded some of our sessions so that she could show them to her mentor, and they could, like, talk about it so she could, like, improve her practice, and so, like, to compare to that, the therapist that I'm seeing that I just switched to, has been doing, has been certified in EMDR and has been doing it since 2004 when I was 19 (laughs) and now I'm 37. So she's very qualified to deal with kind of the, all of the like trauma that I have in my family. Like not every therapist can handle that, but she can. And she's very experienced when it comes to EMDR. She likely knows what to do and um, kind of things to ask or or different techniques to try to kind of get like the information we need out of out of me in a way that my other therapist just wouldn't just because of the difference of time of like doing it. Like when you've been doing something like that for like 16 years or something like that, you're going to just be able to get more out of people sometimes because you have more in your back pocket to go towards so it's like I know this like I have no option and I'm also I'm I even if I thought like maybe this wouldn't work out I still would really not want to do that because 
of how hard it is right now to get a therapist like there's so many because so many people went back to or just went to therapy after when COVID happened and the world is very traumatizing right now everyone has PTSD in some form at the moment and um so like getting into a therapist or a psychiatrist or both right now is pretty challenging because everyone is pretty full and so like I don't want to fall back into that habit of just like putting it off until it's been like months and I'm like regressing and not doing well like I did that I did that in 2020 um like I got out of my treatment program and then in January of 2020 I saw a therapist like twice didn't really like him and just decided and told him I didn't want to come back and then in my head I was telling myself that I was going to start looking for a therapist again in like March or April and then COVID hit in March and then I didn't end up going back to see a therapist of any sort until like Halloween (laughs) Um, and that was you know like beginning of February all the way through till Halloween I didn't have a therapist and by the time I saw one I was like losing it Um, not losing it but just like overwhelmed with everything that was happening that year and like the public, you know, and like community, like the world and in my own life. Um, and so I know that if I just don't end up seeing this therapist, that it would be very, very easy for me to fall into that, especially because it just feels overwhelming to try to find a new person. Um, it was hard to find the last one. And this person was one that my therapist found, not me. So it made like the process way easier. So it's like, Ever since I had my appointment, I just feel, like, stuck. Like, I know what I have to do. I have to file for FMLA, and I have to talk to, like, HR to get the phone number for, um, my work and, or for, like, the, for, like, intermittent leave. But, like, the thing that is hard is that, like, doing all of that takes time. Like, I would have to apply, I would have to have my therapist fill out, like, paperwork and send it, and then send it into the insurance company they use for our, like, short-term disability and intermittent leave and stuff, and then wait for them to approve me or not. That, like, stuff always takes a bit of time in order to do. And so it's like, that's not like a quick fix. And so in the interim, I don't really know what to do because it's like, I made appointments with my therapist the next couple of weeks, but I don't, I don't know that my, like my managers are really nice. Um, they like are willing to work with us when it comes to our schedule and all of that. And like, if people are sick, they'll like tell us to leave early or they'll like, let us call in early. There's been, there's been times where I've, like, asked to, like, you know, leave, um, like, early or, like, or, like, um, miss a couple hours because of an appointment of some sort or something, and they've always said yes and never, like, argued about it, and I know that might sound pathetic, but 
the manager that I had in the first apartment I worked in at this place was very strict. And they, like, wouldn't let you have off unless you had, like, PTO that you could use to, um, make up for the hours you missed. You, like, couldn't just take, like, the day off and not get paid for it. They, that was, like, marked against you. And so, compared to that, like, having managers like this is nice, but I also don't think that they would be okay with me, like, missing an hour, at least an hour to two hours of work every single week, and I also don't really want to do that either, like, um, money-wise, I don't want to lose, like, somewhere between, like, four to eight hours a week on my paycheck for the month every single week, or every single month, that's, that would add up over time. And, like, I, yeah, I've just added, like, an hour of work at my, my second job with my friend, but that was meant to, like, try to make a little bit more money. It's, like, it's almost, like, not worth it to do that if this is just, if it ends up just being money to, like, cover my ass when, for the times when I leave work early, like, like, that's counterintuitive. I'm not making any more money doing that. I'm, like, trying to like, keep up with the money that I'm already missing, that's no good, um, so, yeah, basically, all of these things after therapy this week, I just have all of these, like, decisions that I have to make, and a lot of, like, choices I have to make, and a lot of change, really, and I hate all of that, and I, so I just have, I haven't even told, like, people about this happening, like, (laughs) like, the friend that I told you, I told, I'm, talked about reconnecting with last week we talk like every day I haven't told her about this (laughs) because I'm just like avoiding it because I just don't want to think about it because I there isn't like a clear answer to this question like do I try to go through the whole application process of trying to get intermittent leave do I just file for FMLA and miss time every week um do I change my work hours so that I don't miss as much time and like just try to and try to like make up that like hour or two that I miss every week on different days or something or try to make up at least some of the time that I missed on different days or would they get mad at me for doing that eventually I don't know um I hate when there's, like, not a clear answer, but it's, like, but I have no choice but to do this. It sucks, because it's, like, okay, I have to see this therapist, but she's not available when I usually would want to be seen, so I don't know how to really proceed forward here. But I have to, like, she made an appointment for me on Wednesday, and at this moment in time, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to go. Um, so that's interesting. That's something that's going on with me. Isn't that fun? Um, but yeah. And w- along with, like, the friend that I reconnected with, that has been, like, really, really nice for me and has easily become part of kind of my daily routine. Like, I don't talk about it much on here just because I talk about other stuff, but... Um, I definitely am, like, neurodivergent. I'm pretty sure that I'm autistic. 
Um, and one of the ways that I, that fits with that is that I like there to be like a pattern or like a routine, like a schedule. Like I, I get, I don't do well at all when there's like no schedule in any way. Like I remember when I was like laid off, um, for like two months in 2020, the first like week after I was laid off, I felt like I was like going to lose my mind because I didn't have like, I didn't have any sort of routine at all there because I was like, I don't have to work. I have nothing else to do. We can't really go anywhere or do anything because COVID and there's like nothing. I have like nothing. It's just like, there's just this all of a sudden, all of this free time, but I have no idea what to do with it. And then back then I had my car. So I like came up with the routine that every day at like two o'clock in the afternoon, I would go to like some park by me and like go to the park and like listen to music and sit on a bench or like walk around by some trees and feel and feel better. Um, and it would be like a really relaxing thing. I honestly really miss doing that, but I don't have a car, so I can't get to a to get to any perks or anything like that. Like I used to do, like I used to go to like a different one basically every day. Um, as like a, a way to have variety, but that became something that I would do because then I would get out of my apartment for a couple hours every day and listening to music and hanging out by like nature and trees and lakes always made me feel really nice and relaxed and so every day I would leave for at least like an hour or two before going back home um and it was like a nice time away from my apartment for a bit before like going back again um and so yeah like the so it's been which is just to bring up the thing I was talking about with my new therapist, that's a big part of what, why I'm like resisting really doing anything about it is that it's a change in my routine. For the last like year and a half, I've been seeing my therapist, my old one at the same time at 6 PM every Wednesday after work. Um, and now that's completely changing. Now the time that I see this one is different every week. And it's on the same day, but it's a different time every week so far. And it's a different, and it's in the middle of like the afternoon instead of at night, like I'm used to. And I don't like that. So I just like, don't know what to do about the fact that like the routine that I've had set in my mind for years at this point, almost every therapist I've had has been someone that I've seen after I've gotten out of work, um, is like suddenly changing and I'm not sure how to what to do about that but like the way that I brought that up is that the friend that I talked about reconnecting with has like very easily just kind of become part of my routine um she works third shift so she works on she has off on Tuesdays and Wednesdays she works security um at a place and um I don't want to say where it is because the internet's weird and, um, yeah, she, so she is off on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And so every other day, but that it's just like kind of a nice routine now that because she works third shift, she gets off of work at like six o'clock in the morning or something like that. So 
every day when I like first wake up, she's usually awake and she'll be awake for a couple hours. Um, and she usually goes to bed around like noon or something. And then, um, so I'll talk to her for the first like few hours of my day, especially the couple hours. I always wake up usually around like six or so, six thirty or seven when I don't have to work till eight. So usually that like hour, hour and a half, I would just like, I would be doing other things, but also talking to her on and off. And then, and then she sleeps until, you know, like seven, eight o'clock, something like that. So like, it's a nice balance, honestly, because like, I like having alone time. I like having time to myself to do what I want and do my own thing. Um, like some, I've realized, I think, um, since talking to her again and, and having like a friend again, like somebody that I talk to every day that we just talk about random shit and about how our days went and stuff that is bothering us and things like that, like, which I haven't had in so long. And honestly, like, even when I did have friends like that, like two years ago, the friendships weren't that like good or like healthy really. So this is like the first time in a super long time where I've had that, like, something that resembles, like, a healthy friendship, um, (laughs) it's, like, a nice balance, though, that because I haven't done this in a long time, I've realized that, you know, I spent the last two years basically by myself on my own, like, I don't really, um, I didn't really, I didn't talk really to, to people, I talked to people that I, don't really know online and I made a couple online friends that way but you know that was the whole thing I always said is that nobody really knows me for me I interact with people but not in like a real way because people don't really know me um and so um because of that I like like what am I trying to say here I think what I'm trying to say is that like because of all of that time, I've, like, gotten used to kind of being on my own. Like, I haven't had anyone to talk to about anything for so long. I started this podcast as a way to talk about things, um, whether because they were bothering me or because I just felt like talking about them. That's why this podcast exists. It's because I didn't really have anyone to do that, and I needed an outlet for it, and I always would feel better after I talked about something. Um, and so I've gotten used to in the last couple of years how to kind of, that I I don't like almost need to be talking to somebody all the time. Like, um, me as like friends before that, I felt like I needed to, or if I wasn't talking to them for a while, was there something wrong? Like all of these thoughts would happen and, or like, were they mad at me? Things like that. I don't feel that way anymore. Um, because you know, I spent all this time on my own and realized that I could survive completely on my own without anybody around really to help me. And I didn't think like the beginning of 2020, I didn't think that I could do that. And so because of that, I found that I have a a healthier outlook on like friendships and stuff where it's really nice almost to have like the friend that I do have back working third shift for now just because of the fact that there's like big gaps in my day where 
you know, um, where we, where I have time by myself still. So I don't feel like overwhelmed or I don't feel like, um, I don't like feel like I am spending too much time talking to her or not. It's very balanced. Um, and it, that's really nice because it's, a, it's one of those like habits that I used to get into that I used to do very much so with like friendship with literally everyone else I've ever been like a friend with or reconnected as a friend in my life has always been at a time when I didn't realize that I was doing a lot of people pleasing stuff and so a lot of when I would do that sort of stuff I would tend to just kind of let things go I would like not tell someone like hey I need to like I can't talk to you right now because I have to do this or that or the other thing um I would just like talk to them anyway even though I couldn't really do it or didn't have time or was tired or whatever but like with this person every night when I go to bed like it's me going to bed she's like you know just starting her work day when I'm going to sleep but because I'm like okay with like those boundaries and stuff I can I'm not falling into like those old kind of negative kind of people pleasing patterns that I've had with like every other friendship even hers when I was younger in high school and stuff um where I'm able to say like okay I'm tired I need to sleep now I'll talk to you tomorrow and she does the same thing like when at like 11 o'clock or so every day she tells me okay I need to go to bed now I'll talk to you later um and like yeah there's been like some nights where I stayed up a little bit later talking to her because we started talking about something because we have like so many stories from our own life and our families and like the friends that we used to have in common that neither of us talk to anymore there's still a lot of history there to share but um it's I'm not like forcing myself to stay awake when I'm like exhausted when I'm doing that which is something that I used to do like just as an example of something that I would do um that was not healthy in any way so it's just a really nice balanced kind of friendship. Um, earlier today we were talking about, I was talking about how hard it is for me to be creative. And I feel like this is something that kind of proves just how difficult it is for me to do this. This person was one of my closest friends when I was in, from the time when I was like a sophomore, I think, in high school, till when I was like 24 years old. She had no idea that I even, like, liked to do artistic things because I didn't do them at all in that time of my life. Like, she had no idea that I used to play the piano when I was younger or that I used to do dance classes when I was younger and that my parents made me stop doing them. She had no idea that I even did those things because I would, I never talked about them during all of those years and brought them up because they were like taken from me so I didn't want to I just didn't want to do it and so even though like uh, the two of us in like high school was very like we were still creative like we used to write like these ridiculous stories and we would just go back and forth like we would like she would sit down with like her notebook at school every morning and she would write a paragraph and then she would give the notebook to me and then I would write a paragraph and then 
we go back and forth like that. It was like something that we did for fun. Like we used to stay up all night sometimes on her laptop and like on this super old laptop that was like from 1995 and like write story, ridiculous stories like that um, for fun. That's like kind of the silly stuff that we would do. And when we would sleep over at, when I would sleep over at her house, when her like her parents, when her family was like out of town and stuff. Um, and so like, we that stuff was like creative but it wasn't like artistic necessarily like you know in the way of like picturing me as someone who would be someone who would want to like draw or paint or make art or anything like that um and, like honestly like I was trying to ex- I was explaining to her why like she wouldn't know that about me and um and it like helped me I think not I think it helped click into my mind like why being creative is so hard because like I was telling her the story of when I was like 12 ish um when everything was crashing down around me um I was still doing piano lessons then and I was really good at piano like I know that like sometimes people say that to kids to like make them feel better but legitimately my piano teacher said that I was, like, naturally gifted at it, and actually my dance teacher said kind of the same thing, that I was just, like, kind of naturally, like, I could, like, easily pick up, like, um, the things that they were teaching us and, and, and all that, um, and anyway, but to go back to, like, piano lessons, like, that teacher said that I was, like, naturally just good at it, and, um, could see me, like, you know, doing really well, and, and, and doing really well doing that, like, you know, going to more competitions, playing more complicated pieces, and the thing that was, like, exciting about that, and, like, good about that, is that I also, like, really loved it, like, I loved playing piano, I was, like, one of the kids that, like, any piano teacher would really love to have, because I loved doing it, so I would always, practice like that wasn't difficult for me at all like I loved practicing because I loved playing and it was like a nice kind of like what I was saying before about liking having routine that like there are certain days that I would I or like every day I would go and play the piano for like a half hour or something practice the ones the homework that she gave me and and because also I was always an extreme perfectionist and all that, I would practice the same pieces over and over and over and over and over and over again until I felt like I could play them really well without making any mistakes. Like, I would make myself play them many many times over and over and over without making any mistakes before I felt like I was ready or felt like I was, like, good to go for my next, like, you know, for my next class or whatever you want to call it with her. Um... But when I was, like, 12 and everything was crashing down in my family and in my life, I was too depressed to to practice. I wasn't practicing as much. So when I would come to, like, lessons, that's the word, lessons with her, I would make mistakes, and which were very uncharacteristic of me. And I can remember my piano teacher, I don't remember her name or who she was even, but I just remember that she was a really nice person and that I um asked her or what am I trying to say that 
she could tell that something was wrong um, because she knew that I was not the type to like not practice or not try and she could tell that something was going on and she tried to ask if everything was okay at home or she did ask that and I just said that everything was fine Um, I can remember though that you know that like feeling of numbness you get when you're like super depressed and just and like all these things and just fed up with everything I remember feeling like feeling that during that during our lessons but especially when she asked me that that day um, because I wanted to tell her what was happening but I knew that I couldn't Um, and so I just lied and said that everything was fine And it's one of those things where you can hear in your voice that you know that you're lying and you're like almost waiting for the other person to call you on it, but also hoping that they don't because you don't know what else you can say. But you can hear how like fake you think you sound. Um, That's how it was. And like, um, but yeah, she really tried. Like she was, I remember, I can't remember who this person was, but I just remember that they were a nice person they're a really good teacher and really sweet and caring not the kind of scary piano teachers that people would picture where they like slap your hands or anything like nothing like that very empathetic and sweet and caring um which was really nice for me to experience and but like after she asked me that um it did it was like right after that when I stopped like going or my my mom stopped taking me to my lessons. Um, I remember them saying that it was because of money, but I'm pretty sure, like, I would imagine that my teacher probably said something to my mom about how it seemed like something was wrong with me and things like that. And so, yeah, after that, um, I wasn't gonna go anymore. And they weren't gonna let me go because my teacher was forming a bond with me outside of um, my mom and they did not want that to happen for very obvious reasons because that would be a person that I could go to to tell them about what was really going on Um, so they cut it off and like telling that story like uh, my friend was like really upset for me and she like immediately like was like, we're going to have an art day. I have like, she has like tons of art supplies because she's always been very artistic since I've ever known her. And she's like, I have coloring books. I have like three, she showed me like three Ziploc bags full of like colored pencils and markers and everything that you can imagine and tons of art supplies, huge amounts of art supplies. She's like, we're going to have fucking art days and you're going to play with all this stuff and your inner child is going to be happy because she was so like, sad and, like, upset to hear that, like, my parents took something that I really loved, like, away from me, and I don't know, like, telling her that, like, having to retell that story and explain what happened to a new person, it just, like, hit me, like, no wonder why I never wanted to do anything artistic in any way, like, Um, after having that being taken away from me, I didn't want anything else being taken away from me. So I just stopped doing it. Um, 
yeah. But I guess that's reason number, like, a million why it's nice to have, like, friends that know you and know at least you somewhat and are there to, like, talk to you about whatever. Because, um... Because when you say things out loud that are bothering you or stories about your life, in your life, that are things that you've been, you know, you're aware of for years, like that story, it makes you, like, stop and be like, oh yeah, that is why that is so upsetting. No wonder why I was, why um, it's always been so hard for me to express myself that way. When I, could, when I really think about this story and how sad it really is, that makes sense. But, like, it's one of those things of it doesn't really completely hit you until you've actually, like, like said it out loud to, or you just said it to another person that has a reaction. Like, one thing with this friend, I'll, I'll wrap up my week. This is really how the week has been for me, these two things. Um, but one thing with me with this friend that's interesting is that... Um, like, we're both kind of telling each other stories of things that our parents did, things that our former friends did that we don't talk to anymore, and it's just kind of an interesting thing to share these stories with each other and almost see the other person's reaction. I think that our reactions are helping both of us at the same time. Like, my reaction to the things she tells me is, like, validating for her when her reactions to the things I tell her are also extremely helpful for me, um, yeah, it's, I highly recommend (laughs) getting friends back that know you, but also haven't, you haven't spoken to in a long time, so you're, so you have, like, a basis level of understanding each other, but you also have a lot of new things to talk about and to kind of get to know, like, earlier today, we were both ranting about QAnon for like 45 minutes um so we've never talked about any of that sort of stuff before so yeah I guess this was this week me being stressed out by my routine changing around therapy but knowing that there's nothing that I can do the fact that I know there's nothing I can do about it and I have to see this therapist so no matter what I have to find a way to somehow figure this out with my work without me getting fired (laughs) um is just something that has to happen and still liking having a friend uh yeah I find that like my interactions with people on social media are a lot less stressed now that I have someone else to talk to the day tends to go by faster because somebody is there like talking to me for a good part of it um yeah it was even like, even like last weekend, I usually do two of these every weekend, but I only did one because I couldn't think of anything to talk about because I think because I've been talking stuff out with her instead. It's nice. It makes life much easier to live. Um, I hope everyone's been okay this week and taking care of yourself. I'll come back soon.